It's time for episode 260 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 26, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that works every time, 60% of the time. I'm your host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined by my fellow host, my good friend, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I am doing well. You know, it's, uh, I'm a part of that 60% today, so it's, it's working. It's <laughs> you're, working really, today. you're really phoning it in, Skyping it in today. <laughs> <laughs> Skyping it in. Uh, all right. Well, this is, of course, the show where we invite on two fantastic guests to talk about technology. To my left, one of my former colleagues at Macworld and the author of the brand new Take Control of <laughs> Mac OS Mojave, Sholly McFarland's here. Hi, Sholly. Hello, Dan. Thanks for being here. And to my left is Rogue Amoeba. I don't know, maybe you've heard of that application before. Rogue Amoeba's Paul Kafasis. Hello, Paul. Howdy. I, Dan said you have two uh, excellent guests. Sholly's here. Who, who am I replacing? <laughs> <laughs> Last minute edition. All right. So I'll kick things off with the first of our four topics. Apple's iWork suite has continued to become more and more competent over the years. I was particularly impressed to a recent update to Numbers, which brought a smart categories feature that's a little pivot table-esque. My question is, do you guys rely on uh, iWork for your productivity suite needs? Is there some other set of apps that you prefer? Maybe some big behemoth that rhymes with Microsoft. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but my, my question is, what do, what do you use when it comes to your productivity needs? Shali? Well, Microsoft is not my my app suite of choice, and neither is Pages I, and the whole iWork suite. I am a Google Docs kind of gal now, and uh, I do pretty much all my work in Google Docs, uh, except for the, the Take Control books we actually write in Nicest Writer. So that's really out from left field. That's what we do all the big books in. Um, but I have done page layout in pages and it is, it's pretty good. Uh, it it's often confuses me, but, um, I have managed to do some cookbooks and all sorts of, you know, kid kind of, uh, things in it. Um, but I would say Google has toppled Microsoft for me and iWork isn't really in the running. It's funny, you know someone is being very honest whenever their uh, voice raises about three octaves. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, it, it, I, I use the iWork suite for, I don't know, everything that is just something I guess that I'm creating locally, I, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, but yeah, everything else I do in, in Google Docs, um, or rather Google's suite of applications uh in fact we are looking at a google sheet <gasps> right now some of us behind at least the <laughs> behind the curtain there's your peak um i will say though it has certainly become more and more powerful and i appreciate the improvements that continue to be made with it uh that you know bring it in line with some of the other applications that are out there and i think it feels less bloated than the Microsoft suite of products because I just had uh, opened up Microsoft Word 
on someone's computer the other day and it took is it finally open now (laughs) (laughs) it took yeah it took forever to load and once it loaded it had like 75 toolbars and it looked terrible i'm like what no this is ridiculous so i'm very happy that uh apple's iWork suite has most of the stuff that i need and i can use google docs and google sheets and etc for the rest so I actually, it sounds like I'm in the minority. I use Pages a little bit uh, for uh, really simple word processing stuff. I use Numbers for a decent number of spreadsheets that are fairly simple, but that, you know, uh, I do a little bit of math in there, do a little bit of uh, <clears throat> basic spreadsheet work. Uh, so I use both of them fairly frequently. But lately I've been stuck using Word. Uh, I've been getting some legal documents, some contracts back and forth, and I don't trust track changes uh, across uh, between pages and Word. So if people don't know what track changes is, basically like someone sends you a document, you make some changes, it goes back to them, they can see what the changes were and accept them or adjust them themselves. And in a legal contract, that's something that you kick back and forth a half dozen times. I have no idea if pages handles this properly. Someone might well tell me that it does, but I don't trust it. Uh, when you know the lawyers are all using Word, I just want to be using the same thing that they are. So for me, it's something that I prefer to use numbers and pages, but uh, every once in a while I get stuck using uh, Microsoft Office. You know, it's funny because no, nobody mentioned Keynote, which uh, is actually, hmm. <laughs> I think, the best of the options in, in Apple suites in terms of its competitors. I do think it's a, it's got a lot more power than, pay, uh, than PowerPoint, and I tend to use it whenever I need to do a presentation, which isn't very often. Uh, I will say I actually do use pages a fair amount for anything, kind of like what Micah was saying. Like if there's something I just like need to write a quick document locally, I will generally turn to pages, uh, especially because I know it will sync with my iOS and Mac devices and I'll have access to it everywhere. But the despite, you know, beefing up their collaboration features, I think, uh, you know, Apple is still second in the running there to Google. Uh, numbers I actually use a lot. Uh, I think it's a really handy spreadsheet thing. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles of Excel. So like, my fiance who's like into serious business like it does not do it for her serious business tm serious business. uh but for me it, it gets by for like all my accounting stuff that i do internally um and then you know i will say it's funny that you mentioned the legal contracts paul because i've had very similar experiences using um track changes for book manuscripts because uh-huh. once again you don't want to go cross-platform like again i'm with you like Pages does have track changes, and it ostensibly can save in and out of the like, doc format. format but, yeah. Yeah, that's just too... It's like, a, why add that one degree of complexity? So I need to keep a copy of Word around just for that purpose. But yeah, there's no escaping it. Uh, but thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Shali. Well, Mojave is out, came out the beginning of this week. And so I was curious to hear what people's favorite feature is or what feature you're most excited to try if you haven't been using the beta already. Home app on Mac OS. It's so great. It's so awesome. It's so wonderful. I have been praying to the Apple gods. That's uh, Brayburn. Uh, <laughs> Granny Smith and uh, I don't know, Yellow and Delicious, the three Pink gods delicious. of Apple, yeah, Pink, Pink Lady <laughs> and Fuji, um, for home on i or home on macOS, and they provided. Thank you, all of you. Uh, I can use the Home app to make adjustments to the smart gadgetry that I have throughout my house. I can 
uh, change accessories between rooms very easily. I really like being able to use a mouse and a keyboard to do those things instead of sort of tapping and waiting and holding and swiping. And two, like I said, Siri becomes more useful on Mac OS, which is a weird thing that I never thought I'd say, uh, because I can also use her, it rather, to uh, make adjustments to the different smart stuff that's in my home. So I'm very thrilled about it. It is certainly my favorite feature, and I use it every day. So I am, we'll get to it in a minute, but I am less enthusiastic about the <laughs> iOS apps on, on the Mac, but uh, I'm interested in, I'm always interested in the photos updates that they do. So there are often big updates on iOS for the photos app, but the Mac app, uh, the Mac photos app tends to uh, get a lot of that functionality as well. And I do a whole lot of uh, dumb photography for myself mostly, but uh, things that I want to create albums or sort or be able to search for things and so things like it's not new in mojave but they've enhanced it the ability to search based on uh dates types of photos so if you type in like dog it'll find dog photos and then you can narrow that down by date or location things like that so i'm always uh i'm always one of the first things i do is open up photos on on the new os and play around with that so that's what i'm always looking at um for me it's a lot of the smaller touches in mojave um so one in particular that stood out for me is the improvement in uh, passwords and um, uh, basically one-time authentication code integration. So the idea that I can go and not only, you know, retrieve my passwords using iCloud Keychain, but iCloud Keychain can automatically generate strong passwords and store them for me. And that when I have an account that's secured with two-factor authentication, as on iOS 12, when you like get your SMS text saying, "Oh, here's your six-digit code to plug in," it's automatically sort of populated as a uh, like a suggestion for filling in that field. So I, I like that. I think it makes security a lot more approachable. It does have it has some balances there, but I think it potentially can convinces a lot of people to use something like two-factor authentication by removing some of the complexity of it. So uh, that and, you know, uh, fave icons and tabs. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> but you can get that on 10.12 or 10.13, too. So. That's true. That's true. That's in the new Safari update, which isn't exclusive to Mojave. Well, I think after looking at all of the operating system for so many months now that in the end, it may not be my favorite feature, but the feature I use the most is quick actions. Hmm. And I, if, if people listening don't know what those are, it's basically there has always been a feature called services where you could borrow, um, borrow a power from another app when you're in a different one. And Quick Actions is kind of like a reimagining of that. And when you're in the Finder and you're looking at the preview pane, basically, depending on what files you select, you have access to some easy quick, quick actions. Um, so if you select a bunch of photos, you can rotate them all to the left. So if you've got photos that came in, you know, weird, or um, if you select a bunch of PDFs, or if you select a bunch of images, or images and PDFs, you can create a new PDF out of all of them. Uh, but the part that I've been using the most is you can make an automator workflow and save it as a quick action. So when I was writing um, the Take Control book that I that I just finished, we do we put custom borders around all of our images. And in the past, you know, it's taken a few steps to make that happen. But now I can just select everything. You can also access the quick actions through contextual menus. So I just uh, click on them and then 
boom, I've applied all the borders. It's really cool. And if you're the type of person who's interested at all in automation, you can get a lot out of it. Or if you're someone who's not interested in automation, there's some super useful things you can do that take no effort at all. So I think that's been my my favorite one in terms of productivity. Uh, no effort at all is on the it's the motto of my family crest. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a half-drawn sketch. It's not a filled-in yeah, crest, it's right? It's not even finished. It's not even finished. All right, we're halfway through the show. And of course, that means halftime here means let's hear from one of our sponsors. And to tell you all about it, I'm going to hand things over to Micah. Yeah, because I get to talk about our friends at Casper, who... I adore. Casper is a company that's focused on sleep, and they're dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. Get this. You spend about a third of your life sleeping. If you spend a third of your life doing anything, you'd certainly want to make sure it's the best it can possibly be. And that's where Casper comes in to help out, because they've got wonderfully comfortable mattresses that offer support in all the right places. So what exactly goes into making a Casper mattress so comfortable? Well, they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. There are 20,000 or more reviews and an average rating of 4.8 stars. Casper is quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. And get this, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep on a trial. That means they're going to deliver it directly to your door. And if for any reason you don't like it, well, Casper's going to make sure that you can get rid of it. But trust me, I think you're going to want to keep it. Because I am in love with Casper. <laughs> I seriously, I have the cat. I've talked about this before. You're probably tired of me talking about it, but let's, let's be real. I've got the Casper mattress, the Casper box spring, the Casper bed frame, the Casper pillows and sheets, and even a Casper pool floaty somehow. I, I, I'm, I'm ridiculous, but genuinely this mattress is so 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 comfortable it's practically gotten to the point that like when i have guests in my home i'm like hey do you want to go lay on my bed really quick because it's really comfortable so i'm kind of uh uh, yeah, it's a shame. Anyway, you can go and get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash clockwise and using the code clockwise at checkout. Now, terms and conditions do apply. That's casper.com slash clockwise and the offer code clockwise. So you can also let strangers lay on your bed. Thanks so much to Casper for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. And hey, look, it's my turn to ask a question. So I uh, have been seeing lots of folks talk about CarPlay, talk about Android Auto, uh, and you know now Amazon has come together or has created this little dongle sort of deal that you could put in your car to have A-L-E-X-A be a part of your driving experience. <laughs> so I'm wondering, do you use any of these sort of in-car OSs for navigation and music, etc.? Uh, and yeah, if you just use the one that comes with your car, that works too. Paul, we'll start with you. So I have what I refer to as the Uber driver setup, which is just a uh, suction cup phone mount and my phone sits uh, if i'm if i need directions my phone sits there and i have maps running because my car is 15 years old and i do not have the option to do carplay or anything <laughs> else uh, i find it really interesting that these that these the way these things work because people upgrade their phone even if they're you know uh, not someone who upgrades a lot every i don't know 
three or four years. Uh, people don't generally tend to get a new car that often, and I obviously have not. So I would love to have CarPlay. Uh, I know that there are at least a few options for swapping in a stereo uh, with CarPlay support or with Android Auto support, but uh, my car is just too old to do any of this. And so, I, I like I said, I use a, I use a smartphone, and, and that takes care of it for me. Uh, but I'm, I'm, inter- I'm always interested to see this, and I, I wish I could do it. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in I'm in a similar situation to Paul. My car is 6 years old and came in like, you know, a few years before CarPlay was really a big thing. I know there are some third-party uh head units that you can swap in. I even like went recently went down a rabbit hole of finding that there's apparently like just a newer version of the stereo in my car that you can like buy on eBay and just swap in with CarPlay support. And it's a lot easier because it's the same like shape and, and like just a newer model. Uh, and so I kind of toyed around with that for a while, but I mean, like Paul, I have just, you know, the sort of dashboard mount where I can put my phone in. And so it's like, well, that would be nice, but is it really like nice to the tune of however many hundreds of dollars it's going to take me not only to buy a new head unit, but to pay people when I invariably screw up installing it. So uh, for the moment, I've sort of backburnered that and it's fine. I don't love the like touchscreen interface in my car. It really annoys me. It's my least favorite part of my car, but uh, I'll, I'll live. I've lived with it for six years. I can probably live with it until someday I get a new car. I'm sorry, Micah. I don't even have a suction cup. <laughs> I don't even have Bluetooth. I've got a cable that I attach my iPhone to, and I either have a Siri or I have a child to ask for directions <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's about it. But I was so curious to hear what other people were going to say, but I feel a lot better now, actually. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll go get a suction cup just to, to keep it's up like with it. It's, it's, it's worth it. It, it. it holds it right there for you. It's pretty good. Now I'm curious if I can train my dogs to ask for directions for me. Hmm. Uh, I am actually in the same camp with all of you folks. I, so I work from home, which means that I don't drive my car around a whole exactly. lot. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I mm. think that that applies uh, you to, know, to all, all of us, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's why we, you know, may have older vehicles and don't really care to, you know, upgrade. Is that the word that you use? I don't know. Um, I did, however, because uh, I used to drive around a lot more. Um, I did upgrade my in-car stereo to one that had bluetooth support so my stereo in the car does have bluetooth um but i use the the uber model i like that um i've got a vent mount uh, it's actually a new deal from mophie they've got a wireless charger vent mount um so i pop that into there and it charges and I connect to my stereo over Bluetooth and I do that however anytime I've rented a vehicle that has that most of them have carplay support it's so nice and it yeah. makes me wish I could have it because it's so nice um, <laughs> but I have not I don't care enough to buy like the what is it, like four hundred dollar uh, third party carplay <laughs> device that allows me to have carplay in my old vehicle and i don't need to get a new vehicle at the moment so yeah i'm i'm fine with the the uber method (laughs) that works for me uh thank you all for your answers on that one and let's go to our last topic which comes from paul 
So we talked briefly about the home app on uh, Mojave, and my question is that now there are a few <laughs> iOS apps uh, that have been ported to the Mac, uh, home, news, stocks. Is this the worst thing ever, or is it merely very bad, is the way I'm phrasing this question? Uh, <laughs> you know, not, not slanting the opinions on this at all. Uh, but no, what are, what are your, have you used these apps? I, I'm sure Sholly has, Mike obviously has. Uh, what are your feelings on them, and uh, just what's your feedback on seeing these apps so far? It's weird, right? I mean, you know, evidently, so this is like, it's a proof of concept, it feels like more than anything, like Apple demonstrating, mm-hmm. look, you can run these apps without alteration, essentially, or with very, very little alteration. And look, they run. <laughs> I guess that's what you can say about them. They run. They're not particularly <laughs> they do great run. looking apps. Yeah, they do run. They do. They meet that lowest bar. Um, they're not particularly good looking. They're not particularly Mac-like. Um, and... That's fine. I don't really, I mean, I guess I understand that there's a, there is a goal here to sort of simplify having to support two giant platforms, but I don't think most, certainly most Mac developers are not going to be taking too much advantage of this. Uh, my biggest question is iOS developers who already maintain a Mac app. Um, so I'm thinking about stuff like um, I use the uh, reader, the RSS mm-hmm. reader, and they have a Mac app and an iOS app. And it's like, well, if it makes it e- life easier for them, will they just drop the Mac app and sort of just have the iOS app and also run it on the Mac? I don't know. Uh, there's stuff in there that clearly needs some work. Um, some several people have pointed out like the um, the date and time date picker, picker thing. Yeah, yeah which is, uses the iOS uh, functionality, which is really suited to a touchscreen, not so much to a mouse and keyboard. Thinking about this from a user point of view, um, because I think a lot of users aren't, aren't going to be thinking that next step down the road for them. It's just, Hey, I've got these new apps on my Mac. Mm -hmm. It's pretty convenient to be able to have all your data synced and your preferences synced between the Apple apps that have come over. Um, and for me, I actually didn't use a lot of these apps, uh, in particular, I'm kind of a New York Times snob, so that's all that I read. So I never had used news, which is, is saying something because I'm kind of a news junkie. But I was sort of offended that Apple had created that app, so I, I <laughs> on principle, had not used it. Um, but writing the book, I had to learn all about it. And I, I actually think it's it's pretty cool. Like, it, it's nice. Um, I, I don't really like having to futz a lot on my iPhone with an with different elements and it's just a lot easier to look at stuff on your Mac. Um, and I think that works pretty well. Voice memos, I actually use quite a lot to um, just get ideas down. So I'm really, really like being able to get that on my Mac. Also, it makes it a lot easier. You know, I don't have to hold my phone and play things while I'm trying to, you know, use the ideas and something else. Um, but I thought it was really funny that Mike is so excited about home because that was the one of the apps of the Mac, uh, the Apple iOS apps to come over that I found to be very buggy. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm happy to hear that that's working for you, but that was the one like where I got crashes or like there were things that just didn't work. Like if you want to pick a background image for a room or, for um, you know, for the main landing area, the the home tab, uh, you just click and nothing happens. <laughs> so that was the one that I really felt like didn't feel ready for prime time. Uh, but I'm glad that it works. If you know, if you're someone who's really using the home automation, but in general, I thought that it was it was nice. Maybe not from a like, how is this going to work for other people who want to bring their apps over to the Mac? But just in terms of a person who's using iOS 
and the Mac OS, it's pretty cool to, to have everything. It's, you know, another step in all your Apple devices being kind of different aspects of the same experience machine. Yeah. yeah the same experience. Um, and from that point of view, I think it works really well. Uh, so yeah, home app on the Mac is, is pretty buggy. Um, <laughs> I just love it too much to, it's like when you really, you know, you sometimes you just, you really, really love a thing and it might be like, 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 people who are very into cats cats claw you <laughs> cats claw at your hands and you're like oh look at you you're so adorable and they're like gnawing your finger off and you're like you're so cute i love you too well home app could gnaw my finger off and i'd still be happy that it's on the mac is, is basically <laughs> what i'm saying um so i think that you know having these apps on the mac is great but Again, all that it all that really matters for me, like all the rest of them could go away and I'd be fine as long as I can continue to control my smart home with my Mac. Well, I don't think we have time, but I'm curious to wonder, Micah, what are you doing with your smart home that you are constantly <laughs> fiddling? This is a whole other show. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. but so, so my thought on this is a little broader. You guys all talked about the specific apps and you know the, the apps that they've brought over already are of varying levels of quality, but they're all functional at least. Uh, I guess I'm more wondering what will happen in the future if Apple continues to do this with their own apps, uh, allow third-party developers to do it, which is what Dan referenced. Uh, <clears throat> As a Mac user, I want my Mac apps to be Mac apps. And if an app comes to the Mac only because they had an iOS app and they would never have made an app, uh, a Mac app, then that's a bonus. But if suddenly I'm getting iOSified apps on my Mac that don't really behave the way that a proper Mac app should, uh, and at the cost of having a proper Mac app, uh, I'm certainly going to view that as sort of a step backwards. So I, I'll be very interested to see what happens in the next, you know, one to two years and even longer than that, where if a whole lot of iOS apps come to the Mac, maybe you sort of lose the idea of what a Mac app is, or people are so used to iOS as it has far more users uh, that if they come to the Mac, they, they'll see these apps and they'll just behave the way they expect them to, but it won't necessarily be behaving the way that they really should according to you know the interface guidelines and things like that so i it's it's i don't have an answer for this but i i definitely can have a pessimistic view about this or can understand a pessimistic view where this potentially harms sort of the mac app ecosystem and and the experience that you get on the mac so i, I guess we'll see what happens there but uh, i'm hopeful that doesn't happen obviously all right real glass is half empty sentiment to end on there that's that's great yeah uh all right <laughs> that is the last of our four topics which means we have just enough time for a bonus topic. This week's episode is brought to you first by Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at $5 a month, and you'll be up and running on your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode offers industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They now have 10 data centers spread all across the world, meaning you can serve your customers even quicker than before. They've got an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud, and everything is manageable via the good old command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balancers. 
Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at a gigabyte of RAM for only $5 a month, and they offer high-memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan, which means on that one gigabyte of RAM plan, four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code clockwise2018 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and Relay FM. All right, the bonus topic this week. It is fall, at least here in New England. And my question is, what is one fall-related thing you're looking forward to? Shali? Oh, it's got to be Halloween. Halloween is real big in my neighborhood. And it's almost time for me to start stocking up on candy for it. Because i got to spread out the purchases to be able to make them fit the the budget. (laughs) I like fall beverages quite a bit of of any and all sorts but um i actually just made some mulled wine uh the other day and i introduced some family members to it for the first time and they were very much enjoying it so i'm gonna go with voting (laughs) Um, we got about five weeks six weeks to vote uh, if you are not registered, if you're in the U.S., go to vote.gov, and you can still get registered in probably every state, almost every state. Uh, every election is important. This election is incredibly important. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going with my fall voting. Uh, well, gee, this, You've got you know, something I dumb, really don't like you, Dan? apple cider, but that sounds kind of pale. That pales in comparison <laughs> to voting. So I'll enjoy my hot apple cider as I walk to the polls. How about that? There you go. All right. Well, thank you for your thoughts on those fall-related things this brings us to the end of the show and all that remains is to thank our fantastic guest this week Sholly McFarland thank you so much for being here thank you for having me it's always fun and Paul Kafasas, thank you so much for joining us well thank you and Micah we made it to the end of another show which means all that is left is for us to remind our listeners out there watch what you say and keep watching the clock bye everybody bye